What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Eight Ponds Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Cretans, and we have another great episode for you today. This is episode four. Uh, I have a mentor, one of my mentors, um, on the podcast with me this evening. Really excited to discuss uh, financial wellness with none other than Chris Jones. Chris happened to um, actually meet me when I was in my undergraduate studies at UNCW. Uh, I had the chance to coach his his son, Bennett. Uh, Bennett Jones is currently at UNCW as well, playing on the men's soccer team. So uh, it's nice to see some full circle moments come uh, coming around. But um, Chris, if you don't mind, I just wanted to have you introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about your story, your journey. What has got you to your current state right now at um, Green Dot? Heating and Air as the managing partner, and if you can share a little bit about uh, your path to where you're currently residing. Yeah, sure. And, and Ryan, I'm honored to be here. It's uh, it is uh, it's, it's great seeing how uh, life evolves and 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 how we got to meet and and follow this path together. We've stayed close friends, and and now Bennett following your footsteps by being in goal at UNCW like you were. It's just it's great. It's great. Um, so I'm honored. Um, you know, my, my path is probably like most. Um, I don't know that I necessarily set out to 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 have the goal to be to follow the the path that I was on. I, I grew up small town America. Literally, the whole population in my county was barely the size of UNC Chapel Hill, where I went to undergrad. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm the son of a middle America, hardworking parents. My mom was a postal worker her whole life. My dad, uh, worked in the manufacturing industry his whole life. And, and so I, I grew up watching them work really hard. And I think that helped me create, you know, the mold of, of who I am today and, 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 and how I strive to, to do better and, and work hard. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, UNC Chapel Hill grad. Uh, weird double major, uh, biology and economics. Uh, I think you probably recall, I told you I, I went to school thinking I wanted to be a, a physician and got about halfway into that and realized that was not going to be my path <laughs> so, um, uh, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is I didn't enjoy it. Um, so really kind of backed into finance, um, you know, to pull this story together. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do as I was graduating, and I uh, and I ended up interviewing with a number of different companies and industries, and, and started as a as a broker, uh, stock broker. Uh, back in the old days, of you would literally pick up a phone and start dialing people out of the phone book. Um, it, it's 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 fascinating to remember those days. Um, ultimately, though, I ended up with my own wealth management firm, an SEC registered firm. Um, I was a uh, partner in that for 14 years. I sold it at towards the end of 2018. Um, did a small little venture with a friend of mine in private equity. Um, and then my partners and I launched this, um, basically our own little private equity roll-up of heating and air companies in uh, North and South Carolina. And that's where I am today. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, I love to hear <laughs> that you were at a point in your life where you had no idea what the hell you wanted to do, because I think that is so pertinent to my generation. Um, a, a lot of individuals, uh, including myself, you know, sometimes 
you know, I have to look myself in the mirror and like, am I going on the right path or the path that I am ultimately wanting to go down? So uh, I really appreciate you sharing that, um, that tidbit because, you know, being a successful individual like yourself, uh, sometimes we just don't know what the hell is going on up until <laughs> it rolls it rolls into our lap, right? Ryan, and, I've uh, got I've got two boys, as you know. One's about to graduate from NC State, um, and then obviously the freshman at UNCW. And, and I tell them, I've told many of my students that are mentored like you. I don't know that most kids, and I was a twenty-one year old kid, twenty-two year old at one point. I don't know that you know where you're going to go or what you're going to do, and and frankly, you have to you have to taste a few flavors to figure out where you fit in this world and what you enjoy. Um, so I, I think it's actually, and this is encouragement to anyone that watches your podcast. I, I, I hope no one gets discouraged coming out of college thinking, I don't know what I want to do. Because the reality is, I guess 95% of students don't know what they want to do. You know, it's a it's a big world with a lot of opportunities and a lot of ways to go. And you're young. There's a lot of time left. <laughs> and I have definitely uh, fallen into that route of different opportunities myself. Uh, I want to I want to pivot and I, I want you to tell me a little bit about, um, you know, what essentially led you into finance? You know, what was that? What was that trigger or that? you know, moment in your life where like, I'm going to go down either the, the economics route or just finance in general. Yeah. Um, because as you know, the, the podcast, this podcast is in particular about financial wellness. It's a yeah. part of eight other podcasts in the eight areas of wellness, um, many subset series amongst the 64 episode eight ponds podcast. So, you know, peel that back a little bit for me. Peel that onion back. Let's, you know, get into the layers of, of those decisions. And um, I can't wait to hear. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's part and parcel to what we've already talked about. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I changed my major two and a half years into college. I went from biology, I'm going to be a physician, to economics, I'm going to go down the business route of some sort. Mm. And, and so... I truly did back into my career. I interviewed. I had no idea what I wanted to do, and and I really enjoyed um, uh, what I was hearing about wealth management at the time. Being a, a stockbroker, um, admittedly, it, there was some sexiness to it back then. I mean, there was there there was some cachet to it, um, and, and so I gave it a shot. And and in fairness. I was terrible at it. Terrible. Um, I, I finally woke up 18 months in, I guess, and called my dad and, um, and, and, and basically asked him if he could help support me because I was going to the office to quit because this wasn't working. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, and he, thankfully he was, he was, he was glad to, to help out. And, um, he said, because I've been, I've continued to support you for the last 18 months because you're not making any money. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I left the industry for a little while and, and but then, um, I, I got drawn back into it, but in a different capacity, I got drawn back into it as, as, a uh, down the financial planning route, mm -hmm. really being able to help someone, 
map and 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 plan their lives and that triggered something with me mm. um that part i enjoyed I, I i wasn't a big fan of dialing someone on the phone and trying to convince them to buy x y or z stock um for no other reason than i was trying to make money on it and the firm was trying to make money right but financial planning really struck a chord with me because now i was sitting with uh someone or, or or a couple and i was helping them map out whether it's their, their the beginning of their financial lives over the next you know 20 30 40 years to those that had hit a point to where they needed some additional advice and direction and and that's what really got my fire going um it, it allowed me also to really utilize um a strength of mind and i think we all have to find a path where we can utilize our strengths versus fighting against our weaknesses. And a strength of mine was interpersonal relationship, knowing, wanting to know people and meet people and, and have that interaction. And, and so that's how I got back into the industry after a, a couple of year hiatus, I think. Um, and from that point, it just continued to develop and, and and here we are today but but that was the that was the catalyst that that piece of of really finding the right niche within an industry Mm, i love that 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 philosophy or that mindset was the reason why i started coaching right that's the reason why i wanted to you know take bennett on as as my first client because i saw a lot of himself in me right at a younger at a younger me i didn't have the opportunities that he um, he was able to receive uh, at a younger age. Um, I did have some goalkeeper coaching later in my, you know, my tenure or my my development um, through through my youth. But now, you know, with the the sport of soccer being as competitive as it is today, um, you know, you have to have those opportunities early on. And I was gracious enough to to want to be a part of that uh, for, yeah. for Bennett's experience. But I do truly appreciate you sharing that. Um, I think this is a great transition because. Uh, I do remember a distinct, distinct moment where we sat down at a at a local bar in Wilmington, North Carolina, and you helped structure a financial plan for me. I did. I did. And I, and I remember that vividly. It, it stuck with me. Um, my parents didn't go to school. They didn't go to college, right? Um, my my parents actually, uh, you know, grew up grew up in <laughs> trailers in, in Arizona. Um, yeah, in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and you know, I. I love telling this story because my, my family has essentially come from nothing, right? So I didn't get the uh, the opportunity to have uh, a lot of the financial uh, knowledge. A lot of this has come through self-education. A lot of it has come through, you know, taking on uh, mentorships with, you know, yourself and, and in addition to other, other individuals. So while you helped me with that basic financial planning, I was hoping you could take that opportunity to talk about a basic financial structure with the podcast audience and yep. essentially um you know help out my generation with um some tidbits of information to help them get them to the next square uh, of financial freedom right yeah yeah and and, and ryan i was I, i'll tell you your background and mine um weren't they weren't completely similar but they weren't terribly far off my parents grew up both of my sets both of my parents were um they didn't grow up with money. They were they were pretty poor. 
um, but they worked hard. Um, neither went to college. Um, I was the first in my family to go to college, um, my whole extended family. And um, um, so I didn't grow up with financial literacy. Mm. Um, it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't dinner dinner talk for us. <laughs> um, you know, my, my, my dad has told me a story at one point that when they were building the house, the house I grew up in, he said they did not eat out, not a single McDonald's hamburger for two years because he couldn't afford it with wow. two children and building the house. Wow. So, so I understand. And that's, I think that's a big part of why I love being a mentor at UNCW's Cameron executive network for students, uh, you know, and helping those students really parlay their careers. I think it's why I enjoy sitting with someone like yourself and, and talking about financial literacy and, and, and I wish that I had known, at 22, 23, what I now know at 50. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> I really do. And, and, and so, so, so transitioning into your, into your, um, your question, there are probably six or seven things I would say to someone in their early to mid twenties, well, all the way through your twenties, but, but, we're specifically talking, you know, someone transitioning out of college and, and now they're into the real world and what are their opportunities? Number one, immediately start educating yourself, mm. um, educating yourself on uh, financial strategies and tools and tactics. Um, it, it is unfortunate, but our school systems, whether it's through K through 12 or even into um the, the 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 university systems we have all these prerequisites but no one has a no one has established a prerequisite for just basic financial literacy mm. so you start educating yourself and you get started in your financial path immediately you you recall me saying this this is which which leads me to maybe my my number two which is what you and I talked about from day one, the minute you walk off that stage with your diploma in your hand, build a budget, learn to live live within that budget, stick to it, and and truly, as a 22-year-old with your first job, making money like you've never made before, live like you don't have anything. <laughs> you know, live in that, that ratty apartment with four other guys or girls and you know and 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 don't eat out every bill and and don't go buy a car immediately you know and establish some good habits and and, and around that budget I, and, and i make my boys do this now so i don't care whether they earn money or if grandmother gives them money they have to save the first 20 percent mm. or not they must put away the first 20%. And that is a great habit, at least 10, at least 10%. But, and I know you and I spoke about this, but if you can develop the habit immediately to save the first 20% of your, of your earnings, you will wake up one day as a 40 year old miles ahead of anyone else, you know, mm -hmm. of, of most of your other friends. Um, and, and along that line, those that go to work for corporations or companies that have retirement plans 
I see it so often. Heck, with my own business, I see it. We offer what amounts to, if you'll save 5% of your income, we're going to give you another 4%. That is a guaranteed 80% return on your dollar. 80% return. But yet, most people don't accept that offer. So you should always save to your retirement plan, whether it's an IRA or the Roth side or 401k Roth side, um, at least the minimum that your employer will match. It's free money. Um, then, and we talked about this, I know this is a, a topic of your, of your podcast, diversify yourself. And I'm not just talking about the stock market. And things like that. I mean, I know you're 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 heavily involved in real estate. I love real estate. Diversify into things. Diver a new a new thing, and I own it myself. I have it's either ten or twelve different crypto and or crypto platform holdings. Mm -hmm. Now, I still think it's the wild wild west. I think it's still <laughs> gambling right now, but it is going to legitimize. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I don't think you just buy something on a whim again you educate yourself but but building a diversified portfolio with the money that you can and and then you're able at that point to then take a few more risks on in life um a, a, a huge huge advantage your generation has that mine didn't have 30 years ago is your ability to really launch anything the internet and and the flow, the free flow of information and knowledge is powerful. We didn't have that when I was 22. I mean, I literally the first cell phone I had was was one of those that still had a cord. <laughs> I mean, it was it. That's what they were. So so the ability of your generation to. To, to branch beyond just their job and side hustle or develop a, 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 a business idea on the side and at night and on the weekends, that didn't exist in the same capacity that exists today. And uh, I don't know how to do this, but heck, having an online store of some sort or, 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 or any other sort of business, that there's such a huge opportunity for, for the for your generation and those younger, like my two boys that are still in college. Um, and then the last piece, and this is the one that I never want to forget when I'm, when I'm giving advice, build, when you build that budget and you're sticking to the things you're supposed to do to get to where you want to be, what's left over, enjoy life. Don't be afraid to, to go on that vacation or to take that trip or, or to indulge a bit uh, with an, ex, you know, with a with something that is going to uh, uh, build you up in some capacity, or 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 is going to satisfy something in your life. Um, we work too hard to wake up one day and realize that's all we've done is work and save. Got to mm -hmm. enjoy some of it too. I definitely agree. You know, we're all on a on borrowed time and borrowed money, right? Yes, so sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I I love um love that advice. It's it sound advice through and through. You know, I wish I would have uh <laughs> I wish I would have done some of the things you had mentioned, like, you know, not trying to <laughs> be 
not trying to be um, somebody I wasn't, or rather like spending more than what I had, right? I think I was, you know, had a, had this big boy job right out of college and, you know, I was, I was just throwing money at the wall and then I was thinking to myself, man, this is not where, was not, this is not it, right? Yeah. Because I wasn't setting myself up for, you know, so, some financial success. Um, can I can I interrupt right there? Yeah. Can I interrupt on something? I will tell you, this is something that took me a long time to realize. And I hope your listeners learn it way sooner than I did. Buying things to represent a place in life will never bring you happiness. Mm-hmm. Ever. But I can assure you that you have a much better chance of finding some happiness around money by simply knowing that you have the ability to be free. Mm -hmm. You have financial freedom. And that's where investing and saving and building a portfolio of, of whatever stocks, real estate, you name it, a bit, you know, operating businesses. That's where it brings you. That's where money can bring you the most happiness is that ability to have financial freedom, that ability to say, you know what? I don't want to do that today, but never once. And I was guilty of it myself, Ryan. It took me 20 plus years to to fully recognize buying that car, wearing that watch, having those shoes, pick pick your poison. it brings you no happiness and it's, it's posing and it's not, it's not, or whatever the word for posing is today. In, in <laughs> no, it's still valid. Still valid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it brings no happiness and, and, and it's, and it's empty, you mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, and, 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 you know, not to take it too uh, serious, you know, we're, we're, we want this, this podcast to be light and, and, and informative and happy, but, Man, it doesn't bring you anything um, in my in, in my experience. No, and so that would be a, a, a big word of advice um, that yeah. I would that I would push out to your listeners is, you know, do the things that are going to make you financially um, independent, financially strong, financially powerful, and avoid the trappings of things that are going to keep you broke. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's that's true wisdom right there. That's, that's spoken from a true poet. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, wish I had learned it earlier. Uh, and I, that information is so invaluable. Um, I, I wish I used to listen to my dad because uh, he always used to tell me, don't count your chickens before they hatch. And I never, right. li- I never listened to him. Um, up until about you know where, where I'm at, where I'm at right now, and uh, I wish I would have just sat down and really reflected about that because yeah. you know um, that type of knowledge, that type of wisdom, is unmatched in my opinion, and uh, truly appreciative of that. I wanted to go off on a slight tangent because okay. I did not expect to hear this from you, but I myself am dabbling in this space as well, cryptocurrency. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts about the cryptocurrency space. I know it's a can of worms. Open it up. Let's let's get right into it. Yeah, it, it's it's it. I said it earlier. It's the wild wild west. It, I still think it's uh, accretive to gambling, um, but I do think there are some 
and I, I, I'm still a registered investment advisor. I, I, I can't, I won't speak to any specific holding because then that can be construed as advice. I'm not giving any <laughs> investment advice here, folks. Um, but I do think it will legitimize. I, I think it still has a ways to go. This is going to be a, a bit of a contrarian uh, comment, but I think it has to start falling under some regulatory umbrellas to mm -hmm. truly legitimize. Um, but it's going to be real. We we live in a world now where I can, you and I can live our whole lives on this thing, mm -hmm. um, and and we don't need anything else to survive day to day. The, the, this this thing is is more powerful than any computer that was that was around 20 years ago. So we're going to go to a, a point where we're we're going to have digital currency. Um, it is, in my belief, a a more safe, secure as far as holding. It's a lot harder to steal, if you will. Um, it's pretty easy to steal a wallet, a, a wallet out of someone's car. Um, it's very difficult to steal their their digital wallet. Right. So, uh, you know, I think that I think we're still in the the first inning. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know if we're if we're halfway through the first inning. I think we're still trying to figure it all out. Um, but but I do think it's going to take some level of. I grew up in a very professionally, that is in a very regulated environment, mm. SEC and, 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 and FINRA and, and all of those regulatory arms. But, and, and so I'm a little jaded. It, it, sometimes they go overboard. Right. But I think with crypto, they need some level of regulatory oversight for it to fully legitimize. It will come. It is going to come. No, and I think I think so as well. You know, my generation, um, you know, and just based off of some of the self-education that I've done as well, I just think it's the new wave, as we like to say, right? Um, it's the new wave. It's, in my opinion, there, there are talks that are already being had about regulating the, the currencies that are out there, right? Yes. Um, so, you know, I I don't want to, like, put any financial advice out there as well, because I don't want to lead anybody down the wrong path. But I will say, like, do your research, right? That's what makes you knowledgeable about the different areas and right. the different offerings to essentially, like you mentioned, diversify your portfolio. Right. And, you know, while it can be seen as gambling right now, you know, if these things take off in time, if you were on the boat when it it started moving away from the dock you're going to be in a lot better hands than you know jumping on the boat <laughs> right. uh, a, a little bit later on so uh, i do and you're seeing the the major wirehouses the major financial institutions they are in many cases now recommending a a portion a small portion but a portion of the portfolio of your portfolio being tied to the space and 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 that's maybe as much um, uh, credence as as can be given because your big wirehouses don't get into anything unless they think it's going somewhere. Right. <laughs> That's very true. That is very true. Um, wanted to pivot again because you know obviously this podcast is sitting underneath you know the Create Equity umbrella and uh, we're talking you know real estate investing yep. um, for you know financial freedom. 
you know, do you have any experience, you know, with the the real estate uh, as a whole? I know, uh, yep. I think you used to have your your broker's license, correct? For I still do. I still do. I have a I have an, uh, a firm that, um, and it's just it's truly just for personal usage. But I do have a firm that uh, that I'm considered the broker in charge on. Um, and I have owned real estate. I do own real estate. Um, so I love it. Uh, I think it's a great asset. I think it, there's a lot of truth to enormous wealth has been built on real, in real estate. Now, enormous wealth has been built a lot of different ways. I, mm -hmm. and, and maybe I'll take a step back. I think wealth can be built one of three ways. And I like having a, I, I, and, I, and I encourage people to potentially have a hand in all three real estate, investable equity assets, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, crypto, all of that falls into that umbrella, uh, fixed assets, um, and operating companies, mm. businesses. Um, I love all of them, but I do enjoy, I like real estate. I think it's a great way, especially if you, and you know this better than I do. I mean, that, that, I've dabbled in it. I've had a number of rental properties um, and, and whatnot. It's, you know, you have to understand what you're getting into. You have to understand your cash flow. You have to understand what's the ROI on this investment. You know, what are my, where are my pain points going to be? What happens if I don't have a tenant, as an example, mm -hmm. for three months? Am I prepared for that? You know, what's the age of my systems and the age of, of, of things tied to this property that I'm thinking about buying? Um, what's my rent roll? If it's a multifamily, you know, what's my, my cap rate? You know, there's a lot of stuff that you know way more than I do because you're in it every day. Mm -hmm. but, but it is a wonderful tool for those that are willing to educate themselves or, or, or have an advisor direct them that uh, you can build you can build a wonderful uh, uh, piece of your wealth on it. I love it. Definitely no, and I, and I agree with with everything you just stated as well. It's uh, it's definitely one of those things um, or those vehicles that can make you financially free. To your point of being able to do what you want, right? Um, but you have to make sure you do you've done your due diligence to make sure that those systems are in place and you have ran the numbers. That is the biggest piece. Yes, of real estate is running your numbers. <laughs> if you're getting into real estate, you better learn how to use Google Sheets. You be it better become your best friend. Build performers. One hundred percent. I love it. Well, um, I wanted to you know, open up another can of worms because this is called the Eight Ponds Podcast, right? Okay. And you know, I have this this connotation or this uh, this correlation rather to to chess. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, in, in some previous episodes, we've compared uh, you know the other areas of wellness to the game of chess. Mm -hmm. The game of life is very similar to the game of chess. Can you yeah. talk about that game of finance and how it relates to the game of chess? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, if I think about finance and chess, um, that's, a good, that's good, by the way. I, I, I like this. <laughs> um, you know, and, 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 and this is a little bit off the cuff, so I'm probably, I, I'm not a chess player, but I know enough about it. But chess strategy 
involves a number of things. It involves, you gotta understand your material count. You gotta understand your piece activity. You gotta understand the mobility of those pieces. Where's your pawn structure? And then we all know you gotta protect your king. Well, all of those things really correlate back to a financial strategy. You know, you've got to have a budget. You got to have a blueprint. Let's 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 back up and put a different. Uh, since you're in real estate, this is a, a great. You got to have a. If you're going to build a structure, you got to start with a blueprint. You don't just show up on a job site with some sticks and a hammer and some nails and start banging stuff together. <laughs> so, so whether you use that analogy or you use chess, everything's strategic. One move has to move, has to correlate to the next move or the next three moves. And you've got to have a strategy. You've got to have a plan. You've got to be um, uh, uh, diligent. You have to be um, patient. You know, how many, how many world chess matches have we heard about that go for hours and days? Mm -hmm. And all it takes is for one of those two people, one of those two competitors to lose their patience and decide, well, correlating it to an investment, let's say, let's use real estate. This just isn't going to be any good. Even though, if you look at the dynamics of what's happening in the markets at that moment, the economy, you know it's going to work. It's just got to take a little more time, or you've just got to have this or this piece that's going to that's coming down, you know, down the line in some capacity. It's the same with chess, patience. It's the same with financial uh, uh, objectives. You got to have patience around it. Um, and be and and be structured around that. So I, I think it's actually the, the 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 financial literacy, financial uh, life that we all lead is a bit of chess. You know, it's you also have to know when it's time to bail on something, or when it's just it's it's just not going to work, or. Mm -hmm. Or this just isn't as great as I thought it was going to be, and so that's okay. And so you you give that piece up because that giving that piece up makes the next move stronger. Mm. I appreciate you sharing that. That's that's sound. I, I love that. You know, it's funny. I, last night I was uh, I love this movie, and I watched it probably about three or four times, but. Uh, I watched The Big Short again last night. Yeah, <laughs> and you know I've been following a slew of, of Michael J. Burry's tweets. And uh, for those of you who haven't watched The Big Short, so essentially Michael J. Burry um, bet against the housing market in 2008, and he won uh, a boatload of money um, yeah. just based off of his financial strategy of you know being a, a great chess player on his playing board in relation to the macroeconomic scale. Right. So. You know, with that being said, uh, I have to ask you, Chris, because, you know, you are a mentor to me and, and I'm just curious uh, where your mind is at. And if you're comfortable sharing, you know, how are you how is your playing board um, approaching this current macroeconomic situation that we're in uh, as there are talks of, you know, pending recession, yeah. uh, 
you know, this bubble that we're in, this everything bubble that people are, are talking about. Uh, I'm just curious to, to hear uh, where your mind is at and, you know, maybe some steps that you might be taking to prepare for um, a situation like that in the future. Yeah, sure. Um, so old habits die hard. So I do still monitor this stuff pretty closely and watch it day to day, listen to it day to day. Um, and, and, and I have a mixed bag of reply to you. Mm. Um, in one sense, I can absolutely see a potential recession because uh, the Fed historically overcorrects. Um, and, and we're seeing probably some of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the same time, economically, we're in a different position than we were um, uh, last time that, that most of, well, yourself is a perfect example. You were too young to, for it really affect you a whole lot. But 2008, when we had the banking crisis, it, it was it was close to financial destruction. Um, it would have been had the had the governments not stepped in. You know, today, and, and and I tap into some of my resources, some of my friends. I've got friends that that regulate things like banks and work for. You know, government entities, et cetera. So I'm able to to get some knowledge. And and a, a, a new story that was hitting this week was how all the tweets were going out about Credit Suisse was in trouble, mm. um, and and maybe another European bank. I can't remember now. But so I reached out to one of my buddies that used to regulate banks, and and he's still involved in in that process. And he said the difference today versus 2008. He said you will see. Uh, you, 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 the, 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 the European um, governments will not allow it to go down, so they would backfill it, and and you wouldn't have as much worry in America because the U.S. banks under the stress tests are still very, very solid based mm -hmm. on the rule changes that happened after 08. But on the other hand. You know, taking that contrary view, so I'm going to jump back and forth on you here. Um, okay. I do think your average population member is is feeling some strain and or uh, mental stress over it at this point because they're seeing it at the gas pumps. They're seeing it in the grocery store. So we've seen it in our own business where... And it's a good leading, I think it's a fair leading indicator of people's mindset in the in the heat and air business. If we come to your house and you have a problem that uh, is, is going to cost $3,000 to repair it or $6,000 to replace it and start new two years ago, a year ago, five years ago, people spend the six to replace. Mm. Today they're spending the three. They're band-aiding. Interesting. They're they're band-aiding, and so um, you know, in general, I think we're in an environment where it would be prudent of all of us to tighten up our spending just a bit. Um, you know, don't 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 overdo. Don't overextend. Um, but we're not seeing credit card defaults, which is a, a usually a pretty good indicator as well. They're, they haven't gotten out of line. They're pretty standard right now. Um, I don't know about housing, but 
other than seeing prices maybe level out, you'll see some markets pull back some. Mm. There's still such a, a, a tight supply market that I would anticipate you're not, my guess would be we, won't, we would not see an 08 crisis again with the bubble of housing. Um, you know, it, it, I think you're just going to see habit shifting. Mm. You're going to see people needing to finance things more mm. than than pay for it. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I I definitely think we're going to go through some rough waters. Definitely. I, I, I hesitate to call it to say we'll hit a recession, but it would not surprise me because the Federal Reserve does tend to overreact. Mm to over to 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 do too much because they're looking at current versus looking forward far enough interesting no that's a that's very interesting take i i'm curious uh, because you know obviously myself i like to get you know different perspectives about uh, what other people are thinking um because that's that's the power in people right uh, have human interaction to have um you know a dialogue about uh the current environment and just seeing different takes is, is always beneficial in my in my opinion I, I think it helps strengthen either opinions or you know disagreement <laughs> so yeah. um no i i find that to be uh, a, a great take with that being said um you know within your current playing board if you had to resemble yourself or embody a specific piece on that playing board what would that piece be and why man I, I honestly i i don't know that i at this stage in my life i don't think i peg myself to any one piece <laughs> and the reason is because no one if you think about the game of chess no one piece is powerful mm. not one you cannot win chess with one piece mm. you need every player you need every piece on that board to win so, um, you know, 20 years ago, you know, bravado would have said, I'm the king or I'm the queen or, you know, but, but the reality of life is, and the reality of our financial lives, the reality of our economic lives, we need it all. We need every piece. So, so I, 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 I you know, at this stage of my life, I, I don't anchor to anyone. I anchor to the team, to the, to the, to the grouping, um, and and that's the way that I think we all we all can can win through this scenario is is you got to use every piece that's on the chessboard. They, they're there for a reason. Mm. No, I, I I think that is uh, another it's spoken like a true poet. I swear, Chris. <laughs> another, <laughs> hardly, hardly. <laughs> another piece of wisdom uh, right there for for everybody that um, might be listening, but. You know, my final question for you, Chris, is obviously the the name of this episode. I thought about it for, for a good thirty minutes. What I want to call this, right? And um, I came up with bread and butter. I thought it was just quick, easy, uh, to the point. Resembles um, financial wellness, but you know, knowing what you know now, you know, there was a distinct um, mentioning of if I knew what I knew at twenty two, yeah, that I know now. You had to do it all over again. Yep. What would you do, and why would you take that approach? Yep. Um, education. 
educate yourself. And I don't mean, you know, a formal university education. I'm saying educate yourself. Start immediately. It doesn't matter if it's $10 a week. Start. Start planning your future. Um, Ask for help. You know, I, 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 I did not learn as fast as I should have to have mentorships. You did. I think you've been great at that. And I'm, I'm humbled to say that I got, I got a little piece of that, you know, got to be a little piece of that. Um, get mentors. There's a reason why people, people have been successful in whatever endeavor they're in, go knock on their door. And I, I promise you most successful people, if you'll knock on the door and say, Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Can I have a 15 minutes of your time? I won't waste your time. I just, I want your advice. I need your help. They're going to help. People like to help. Um, I'd say when it comes stepping, maybe one step back to the, to the educate, don't just dig deep in one subject, dig wide, then deep. Mm. Um, you know, don't just anchor to, well, obviously it's, it's cryptocurrencies. So I'm, I'm all in, I'm doing nothing but cryptocurrencies. <laughs> You know, or I'm all into real estate and nothing else. I'm all into equities and nothing else. Dig, dig deep and wide. Um, um, and then, you know, the thing that that I've really grown to love, and it's come with a lot of bruises and lacerations and, and punches to the gut. Um, I love operating businesses. I love whether it's investing in, owning, helping build. I love operating businesses because with an operating business, you you are developing a service, a product, or whatever, an offering that is serving others. Mm-hmm. And, and along the way, if you're doing it well, you're making profit. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 so please understand when I say operating business, that can be building a portfolio of apartment mm-hmm. buildings. That's an operating business. Building a a portfolio of rental homes. That's an operating business. It's in real estate, but it's still an operating business. You still have cash flow. You still have. Uh, cost of goods above the line, gross profit. And then you've got your expenses below the line with net income at the bottom. Mm. Um, think of most investments as an operating business. And, and, and whether you're building one yourself or you're investing in them, invest in the operating business, the mm. business of whatever it is that they're providing or, 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 or producing. I love that. And, you know, there's a there's a saying that uh, I've come to appreciate. Um, it goes but it goes like something like this. It's uh, it's not about what you own. It's about what you can con- control, essentially. What you yeah. Can yeah, that's a good one. That's I, a good like, one. I like that one. And I've been thinking a little bit more strategically as a chess player right, on my playing yeah. board about how to ultimately think in those in those terms. Um, yeah. The, set, set a, there's another saying that's very similar is. You know, when you when you think about businesses as an example, it's not about the revenue you generate. It's about the net income you take home. 
That is true. <laughs> that is true. You have a hundred million dollar business, but if it's losing fifty million a year, you got nothing. Yes, and and then you know, obviously, I got to pull from like Robert Kiyosaki. Um, you know, debt and taxes. Yep. Or what make make the rich rich, right? Yeah. Understanding debt, understanding taxes. Yep. And uh, how they can be utilized to your benefit instead of looked at as a disadvantage to your uh, your playing board is another avenue one can take to uh, build that income or build that wealth. Absolutely. And, and remember, when it comes to death and taxes, there's so many strategies around how you own things mm. that are super important, super mm. important. You should own all sorts of different assets different ways. And, and 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 build again it comes back to this financial plan this financial and estate plan own your assets certain ways so that there are rules for a reason Ryan mm -hmm. there are rules draw and, and it there is a line in the sand and I am an advocate of of structuring your financial wellness your financial life to walk straight up to that line and touch it just don't step over it. <laughs> There's a there, the rules and regs are in place for a reason. You get to go all the way up to the line. <laughs> Utilize the tools that have been given you. I love it. That's great. That's fantastic. Well, Chris, um, I appreciate you sharing a little bit about that that bread and butter of of your experience. Your playing board uh, essentially was brought you on this path. Um, to where you're at now. And uh, I wanted to wrap things up um, briefly uh, for everybody that is listening. Um, this was episode four of the Eight Ponds podcast with Chris Jones. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You dropped bombs of, of knowledge, of wisdom. Um, I, I per personally learned uh, quite a bit from yourself and I hope those that might be listening in the future uh, have done the same. So Chris, Thanks again. And uh, I loved everything um, you had to share with me today. Ryan, thank you. It's been an honor.